where we talk about things with one super special guest every week. Just sit back, relax, and hear us speak on This Is Happening, the podcast. Hello, welcome to This Is Happening. This is one of your hosts, Nathan Streifel. And this is Eric Morris. Hi, welcome. Thanks for listening. <laughs> Whatever you're doing right now, whether you're driving or sitting in your desk of doing your some office, sort of mundane task at work. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Thank you for listening. Today we are joined by a dynamic comedy duo. The enemies of Dorothy. That's right. Yay! Yay. <laughs> That's us. us. Ryan Fisher and Christopher, Christopher Bryant. Bryant. Thanks! <laughs> <laughs> they are a duo, they are a couple, and they uh, create their own sketch comedy and they live and work and love together it's and they make beautiful art out of it. And hilarious a, content that can be found online. They have a great YouTube channel where you can see almost all well, a lot of their work, what they choose to put on. And you also have stuff on Reverie, right? Yeah, there's some content it's on Reverie. channel. Too. You you have a Whatever. Reverie and Facebook is actually our main way of posting videos. Oh, oddly enough, is we've been really doing well with uh, Facebook video. So there's a there's a uh, enemies of Dorothy Facebook page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's, that's where you put it. Where we found our only success is Facebook. <laughs> our only success. Well, our grandest success. Our grandest success. Thank you, uh, <laughs> thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. You're yeah. doing something right. I just feel bad because people like look at our YouTube views and are like, our Facebook is like, we have one with 500, th- like, yeah, it's like weird. Yeah, to look at Facebook. Look at our Facebook. I know YouTube is the thing, but. It is really weird. I create content, as uh-huh. I'm sure our listeners know and have seen it all, but uh, it's all it's all dispersed throughout different platforms mm. nowadays. There's not just one hub. It's like you got to post it to this place and you got to post it to this place. And now Instagram has Instagram video or something like that. Yeah, yeah but you want to talk about algorithms, you know what I mean? It's like they're all out to get each other. They all want to be the top. And they won't share the YouTube on the Facebook. And uh, Twitter is all right. about YouTube. But they're still somehow owned by one company. Well, Do- I mean, Donald Facebook Trump. and Instagram Trump are. Oh, God, Trump. Facebook does own Instagram. Yeah. That's true. And that's, yeah, that's all that matters now. <laughs> so Snapchat is dead. Snapchat's dead. I like Instagram better. I just I don't I don't want to deal with like the idiot um, political c- bickery. A Facebook? Yeah. I can't deal with that. It's tedious. Soundboard of ranting. Yeah, it's, it's tedious. My favorite is someone went on this big rant of like, um, if if you're supporting John McCain right now, you should know, like, you're a spineless liberal, liberal, I can't say that word, liberal, uh, liberal, and I'm <laughs> unfriending you. And then someone got upset with them and they said, you are ruining John McCain's death for everyone. <laughs> Which is exactly why I'm never was, on Facebook except to post my people own People were shit. having such a yeah. beautiful experience yeah. with uh, John McCain's death. death. I mean, what? Ever. Yeah, so how did you guys get into content? Yeah. How, how long have you been posting? How did we get in contact? Into um, content. Oh, content. <laughs> how did, how did we get in contact? <laughs> was, um, it, was it Grindr? It was, no. <laughs> it's actually Instagram. <laughs> you the, know, Instagram. We met on Instagram. We did meet on Instagram. As both yeah. local, here in LA? Well, yeah. yeah I actually worked, um, which sort of leads into both questions, really, on a YouTube series called Openly Jake, and it was part of a, a multi-channel network called The Spin-Offs. So I'm an actor, moved to L.A. from Canada, and I got a job acting in a web series. Where in Canada are you from? Uh, Toronto. 
Oh, like okay. Ontario East Side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Side. Very cool. Yeah. And did you go to school in Canada? Yeah. Where did you go? Did you go to school in Toronto? U of T. Yeah. And studied acting. Yes. Very cool. As a joint program with Sheridan College, it was very cool. I loved it. <laughs> That's such a great town. I love Toronto. Toronto's love. I've only been there for the Toronto Film Festival, but like four times. That is a good time to go. It's a great time to go. It's like summer camp. And yeah. families all in Toronto. Uh, back and forth, uh, Michigan and Canada. Oh, okay, sides. cool. Uh, and are you a dual citizen or? Did yeah. You- yeah. Um, that makes it way Trump will put an end to that. That's, well, I got through. I got through. <laughs> uh, he'd still so find you, a way. You graduated from Canada. Yeah. We're building a wall. He hates Canada. Yeah. Oh, we're, there's a second wall. There's a northern wall. The northern wall, yeah. I didn't know about that one. Yes. <laughs> so you moved, did you move to LA just right after graduation? Uh, no, I stayed there for a few years. I did a couple feature films and just worked in theater mostly, going to high schools talking about bullying and sexual assault. You know those people oh, that visit your high school? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, that was your job? That was my job for That's a bit. That's nice. And it was fun. Actually, I played the bully, and all the 13-year-old girls, it was like a sea of them around me afterwards, just being like, oh, you're an actor? Like, oh, I want to talk to you. And I was like, no. Because you were mean. Yeah, because yeah, I was like, you could be a bully, but then your personality gives it away. It's too nice. It's just a sweetheart. Yeah. You do seem too nice. Yeah, yeah. it's Canadian. It's the Canadian That's thing. That's it. Yeah. That's it, yeah. I know, because Canadians are too nice. Well, it's a problem. We're working on it. So yeah. was the this web series that you got cast in, was mm-hmm. that the impetus for moving to L.A.? Or? Uh, no, it happened just right after I got here. But uh, it was sort of like an acting job, but then you also had to play a vlogger. So I created all new social media, uh, eight hours a day, full work week, um, oh doing... This guy, his name was Jake, openly Jake, and he was an LGBT vlogger. And while I really, oh, you played Jake, yeah, and I played Jake. Oh, good. And so that's how I met Christopher. But was, Jake had his own Instagram. So I was just on there all the time, looking at Instagate, trying to network, trying to build a following. So as Jake, as Jake, as yeah. This fictional so this character. is how vlogger. you came into. And so Chris, where did you come? Found okay, so so it's kind of confusing. Yeah, so Ryan was playing this vlogger that had its own Instagram page, but it was like a fake person that Ryan was playing. Mm-hmm. I did you not get that? You were a real person. I was a real per- kind of. <laughs> you, felt, you fell in love with Jake, and you've I been fell in love with Jake. You've been lamenting that Ryan is not Jake ever since. Well, I think he's, he's still confused about it. I think he tried to explain it to me on my first. He's like, "This is Jake," and da da da. But my real name's Ryan, and I was just like. Uh-huh. Like, I just didn't... Like, I, I didn't get it. What, I, the con artist? What? Yeah. So did you have a Ryan Fisher account as well? Or? Yes, yes. Okay, but, so. I mean, it was my job to sort of focus on the other one for almost an entire year. Right. So on our first date, he made me follow his real account and made, like, sure. He's like, don't call me Jake. My name is Ryan. And Stop calling me Jake. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, wow. So, you so were when the, you went like, out on the were... date, you thought you were going on a date with Jake. I just thought he was a weirdo that had, like, a fake, like, I don't want to be known as Ryan on the internet. I want to be known as Jake. Like, I just thought, I didn't realize it was, like, a paid job. I just thought he was an asshole. Um, <laughs> that you wanted to date. That I wanted to date. Is date the word that you wanted to... That you wanted to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I did not. I took. I took him to a nice rush. I took you to a nice restaurant. Who took you to a nice restaurant? I did. Okay. We, Where'd you take him? Uh, the roof on Wilshire. Well, my point is that I haven't been there. Oh, it's so nice. It's nice. Yeah, we go back all the time. We go back all the time. Birthdays. First date. First date. Yeah, the very first first date. date. And I wanted to, I don't know why, but I uh, I recently, so 
This is so messy. I met Ryan on Instagram when I was in a relationship. And I just got what? out of one. And this is very exciting. I was like, I need to go on a date and get over this. And it's been like three months. And well, what should I do? Yeah, I was Jake for a while when we were friends. But we didn't go on a date until you broke up. Yes. So we didn't go on sure, a date until sure, I broke sure, up. Sure, it was like no three months Whatever. of me being single. <laughs> sure. My friend, <laughs> my friend Michael, who is like the uh, head of the, our gay mafia sketch, he was like going through my oh, Instagram yes. and he's like, listen, you have all these people that you're following. Let's like, you should go on a date with one of them. And his advice was like, you know what? Take the person on a fancy restaurant. And instead of like going through coffee dates, he's like, just go for it. Just go like hardcore, like go on a fancy date and just try this like blind, you know what I mean? Like blindly. Like, and Ryan was the first person. Ryan was the first person. Yeah. And only. Was good like you probably didn't do many more of those. I went know. on like two, maybe two Tinder dates beforehand. But this was like, well, the one where my friend Michael went on my Instagram was just like, you know what? This guy's really attractive. You should just go for it. Like, just go 100% That's not, a bad, that's not advi- bad advice. I've done mm-hmm. that, too, from, from like, and not even just in Instagram, but, like, an app, you know, where, like, I just had an instinct to, like, let's go on a real date. Let's go to dinner, you know? Yeah. Like, um, after, you know, chatting with someone, just like, okay, let's just do this. We, it can be nice. Yeah, we didn't have sex until our second date, which is a century for gay men. <laughs> Yeah, it is a lot. Well, like, <laughs> second day. Yeah, no. I felt really no, good about no. myself <laughs> for the self control. For that uh, first day, that, that rooftop and Wilshire didn't lead to um, sex that night. No, we did not. <laughs> we were very classy. Blowjobs? No. 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 Wait, does that count? Not really. Yeah, <laughs> that's like foreplay. That right? would be sex on the first date. Yeah. I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I we're not, we're not I'm such like a kid. I'm like kissing is sex. <laughs> um, no, our. Yeah, we had a good first date. It was very sweet. So where do you, where are you from, Chris? North Carolina. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you don't have a hint of a southern accent. Nothing. Yeah, that's true. It is a good southern accent. Unless I go to the south. Like suddenly I Ryan and I just visited North Carolina and then suddenly like it's You were like, like, Where's the sweet tea? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. Where's the sweet tea? Where's the racism? Y'all. Um <laughs> It is a different world. Um There's a lot of churches there. Yeah, there's a lot of churches, a lot of Confederate flags. Wait, so did you say you said South Carolina? North Carolina. Oh, where okay. in well, wait, no, no, this is the weird thing. People think North Carolina is more liberal than the South. They're the ones with the transphobic bathroom walls. You know what? I was I was there scouting um, film locations at, at the this really great, like, the, the film commission put us up in this great spa. It's like Oak something. I don't remember. But um, it, this was around when Obama was, was running. So it was in 2008. And... Um, I was at the bar and like he was on TV and sat down at the bars waiting for the director. We were going to go somewhere. And this guy, you know, was like, oh, what do you think of him? You know, meaning Obama. And I said, I think he's going to be our next president. And then he said, uh, oh, you know, I, I don't think this country is ready for a nigger president. Um, oh my and I God. was just like, uh, how is that okay? Like, what? What about me made you think that was okay to say? So he um, said the no, N-word to like us. Like, to a stranger at a bar which in, is, in an upscale, like, hotel, you know, in North Carolina. It said, like, I was, I mean, I can't do Christmas with my family back home anymore uh, because I think my uncle said, like, the N-word more than Jesus. Like, they, they say the N-word oh. so much and so freely and just they're so... 
it comes from a place of fear and it's been hard for me to try to find love and understanding for people who are so hateful and judgmental and yeah and whatnot but it i mean it's honestly when we visited it was it was hard like there was times where i was just like i don't know what to do especially because um i'm obviously you know out to my mom and my dad but there's some family members that instead of just coming out to them i just had to cut them off completely like as people just because i was like you're in the kkk like i don't i there's just if i have a conversation it'll just negativity so instead of there wasn't like a coming out it was like instead i just like completely blocked wow. them out yeah not crazy. sure if that's the most healthy way to deal with it i but, would yeah i would say but it's what's, not very healthy what no but what's the point what do you get out of um you know being honest with them about who you are and facing their ignorance like what do you get from that you know mm-hmm. we we've been talking mean, we've been talking about this a little because we just got back so we have different I feel a little bit stuck because I kind of have, that's where my mom's viewpoint is, is like she recently was like, I would like you to block anyone that has your uncle. I have two uncles that are in the KKK and they're like, I would like you to block anyone that has their name on Facebook because I know they have a hidden Facebook without a, you know, one of those things without a picture, no friends, but just go and click on people to see what they're up to. And she's like, I just don't want them knowing anything about your life. And I was like, okay, mom, I'll do this for you. And he was like, I don't think Ryan said, I don't know if that's a you know good idea. And I feel a little bit stuck because it's like, um, you don't know really what to do. I, I don't want to hide myself or not be myself, but I'm also the type of person when it deals with like, when I deal with the relationships, if something is bad or negative, I'm, I'm the type of person that's like block and move on type of thing. Right. But I'm not nece- I don't know if that's necessarily the right thing thing to do. I don't think just in in all in all relationships in your life, I don't think it's maybe the best action to just cut people out, but also, Mm -hmm. you know, you want maybe your mom's coming from a place of safety too, and just wanting to not I don't know. I wouldn't want to be having to deal with people from the KKK in my life and being worried about that. I don't know. Is that a big part of your relationship? Is it safety part of it? Because I feel like that's something that is paramount. I think she's a little. I think she's a little bit unafraid about my safety, and I think she's a little bit unafraid about her. Uh, sorry, I said unafraid. Afraid about her safety as well. Uh, Freudian slip. Um, <laughs> I think a lot of it also has to do is that she's like she's really gotten involved with like these Christian mom like with gay sons groups like on Facebook. Like she's like in mm. part of like all these groups, and they're always just reporting like hate crimes and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think so it's she like, has so a lot of fear for that. It started. Head. It's it's been like a negative thing. I feel like a little bit. Like yeah. it's been making her a little bit more afraid. But she, of, you know, get, but even with that background and and racist brothers or whatever <laughs> it is, um, she accepts you. You know. Yeah. That's good. It's kind. Of, it's been. A, I mean, it it took her a little bit of time. A little bit of time. It took her like a you know a year or so, but uh, or two years. But I think she slowly has come around. She's still learning. Mm-hmm. Still well, learning you were able to bring your boyfriend home, and that's huge. Yeah. Mm. I got shingles when I brought my ex-boyfriend home. You did? Yeah, let's talk about stress. Wait, oh, my <laughs> God. Yeah. You're just so stressed you got shingles from it? Well, shingles is induced by stress. I don't, yeah. And it also happened while I was bringing my boyfriend home at the time. What, is your family conservative? My dad is um, conservative and very um christian 
my mom is very supportive and it was always been my mom though when I did come out when I was in high school I came out when I was 17 and excuse the helicopters everyone we are in LA uh, yeah, it's Hollywood for you yeah right sorry we're not in a hermetically sealed studio that's they, coming they're on their way to a hate crime right now <laughs> stopping it as we speak yes um, but when I when I came out when I was 17 my mom said you know I think you should wait to come out publicly until you go to college because mm. I came from a really small town and she didn't want anything bad to happen to me. And then I came out a month later. I was like, I well, can't, I'm coming out anyway. And it was fine and, and nothing bad happened. very loving of her. You know, I mean, came, that came from a place of just wanting to protect her. Right, you, you exactly. know, like, that's fine. I think uh, I worked for a short time at the Trevor Project. And oh, I one love of the Trevor Project. They're really wonderful. I had a great time there. I, unfortunately, it's not what I wanted to do uh, with friend, my life. Someone it's I worked with in, in New York the, uh, the, was the guy that wrote the, the short film, Trevor. Oh, no way. Yeah. yeah that the whole thing's sort of based on. Why I can't remember his name I, I, I simply can't but um, we t- I did a play with him they uh, but they really emphasize the they're kind of against the it gets better campaign and how they're hard that them. is to say to someone you can't really promise that it gets better one of the things that you do is like you know coming out as important as I think we it might does feel it, it does get better though because you get more comfortable and confident don't but it's hard to hear that for everyone. Definitely yeah. not for everyone, and not for the majority of the kids that call that place. So why did they emphasize? But that? they emphasize like don't well, come it's, out it's until specifically it's safe. A, I think it's, it's a really specifically a suicide prevention thing. Yeah, yeah. And so where when I was growing up and I came out and came into my own with my sexuality, I think coming out was one of those you know Harvey Milk things. You know, like yeah, everyone's got to come out. You have a responsibility to come out. But, um, oh, no, I think that's really hard. Yeah, I mean, that, that was a time and place, but it's a little dated now. That way yeah, I absolutely it can be very unsafe. It's a personal choice. Yeah. It and, depends and on like your financial when, stability, where you live. Like, there's so many things. What your options are. Like, that, if coming out is going to put you out on the street, like... No one should know. come out and then risk their safety. That's yeah. for sure. Yeah. yeah. I was able to come out and be okay. What's funny, last year I had some friends visit from my very small town, Aberdeen, and uh, one of them I had not met before, and she said, oh my God, When after you came out, I knew so many friends of mine that came out because you came out, because there Aww. hadn't been anybody in our community that had really kind of uh, come out as a uh, openly gay person, oh. blah, 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 blah. not a healer, whatever, whatever, but yes. trailblazer and hero. It was, it was totally <laughs> selfish. I, I came out for totally selfish reasons because I just was like, couldn't stand it anymore. Wait, not, which is okay, by the way. Yeah, of course. And it had, no, but it had nothing to do with social activism, mm-hmm. but to later on, you know, over 10 years later, hear somebody say like, oh wow, when you came out, it, you know, affected so nice. this person, that person, it, did, it was nice. And yeah. It was like, oh. Sometimes putting yourself first and respecting and loving yourself is actually beneficial for other people. And I think sometimes we don't realize that. It's like, you know what? I love myself. I'm going to be honest about myself. And I hope this affects other people where they can do the same for them themselves. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But we're taught as a society that that's almost a bad thing and you have to just push yourself and be smaller and smaller. So it's, it's good that you were selfish. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. It's, it's a good <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be selfish more. No, no, we do. We do have to. I, I agree. When you own yourself more, then other people are able to see that through you and, and hopefully own themselves more as well. Well, there's definitely yeah. a strength to it. Coming from Canada, 
We always think of you guys as the, the one of the big differences is Americans put themselves first. It's a very me first kind of attitude well, that Americans never have. more so than right now with with who's running the country. Yeah, well, yes, America first. But it yeah. certainly seems like a strength that you can have instead of making yourself take the back seat, pushing your way forward and saying I'm worth being first here. I have something to say. Excuse me. And I, I think moving here was one of the greatest lessons I learned was sort of developing more of that. Did you yeah. have a culture shock at all when you moved here? Or was it Oh, I grew up back and forth, so... So it was, it was nothing, like, crazy? No, yeah. no. I mean, California is a totally different place altogether, so... Totally. I mean... Is that where you came first? Yeah, I never set foot here. I just had... Um, Two giant duffel bags, uh, my cardigan, and, and a dream. Off the plane <laughs> at LAX. Took that cardigan right off. Yeah. How old were you when you moved here? Uh, twenty six. Mm-hmm. So. Me too, actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, but your family lives. Me ago. too, actually. I moved here when I was twenty six. It's um, a good time to do it. Yeah. I. Uh, my family is in New York, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I do have an uncle and aunt. Who live in Malibu, and I moved in with them as long as I possibly could. I, <laughs> I got a job on uh, Pocahontas Two: Journey to a New World. Um, uh, okay. Gyroscopic. Uh, yes. Rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. Rotoscoping process where you shoot uh-huh. actors against a grid for the benefit of the animators, and that you know, so that they can. We did like big sword fighting sequences and ballroom dancing sequences from above and. Just so they had reference, like yeah. video reference for the animators. That's awesome. And um, and I lived in in Malibu, mm-hmm. you know, at a beautiful house for like six months or ish. And you know, th- that job didn't last quite as long as that. And then um, you know, one morning, my aunt said, "I found you a sublet in Silver Lake," and uh, I was like, "Oh." Or something, but uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not living in Malibu. But anymore. that did, uh, you know, ease my transition to LA. How great. did yeah. How did you come to LA, Chris? Oh, I moved when I was, um, was it like nine? Like right when I turned nineteen, I was like a little like li- like I turned um, uh, like I I graduated high school. And then a few months later, I moved out to L.A. Um, to, wow. To be an actor? To follow the dream? Uh, Kai, I just, is weird. I met, uh, I was visiting New York. I met a commercial agent there. This is so cheesy. And I... <laughs> hey, kid, you look hey, like 19 you year old. <laughs> No, I think he was really, I, I don't want to say his name just in case, but he was really sweet, and I think he saw, like, a lost soul and was really, like, you know what? And he wasn't creepy? He wasn't, no. like, um... You sure he wasn't creepy? He was, like, uh, oh, Trey Jolie, Trey Jolie Coco. That's a little reference to a line from Fame, uh, the movie, where, like... None of us are getting it exactly. Irene Everybody's has dead faces right now. This is in 1980, this film, but anyway, it's, like... It's the typical, like, creepy, like, audition thing where, like, someone is, uh, you know, yeah. Why were you in New York? I, oh, it was a, I, I, my parents took me on a long trip to New York because I was... And then left so you embarrassing. There. No, they <laughs> they kind of did basically. <laughs> I really wanted to see Wicked. Like it was like as a you know eighteen year old in the closet gay oh, kid. I oh was my like, God, so what eighteen year old in the closet gay kid? That is so sweet. Wicked. Was it was it the original cast? Did you go see it? With? Oh no, I think it was Pat. I mean, because that was actually a long. He's time like it was ago. last year. <laughs> I was like, no, it was um. This is about. I mean, 
it was weird. They, I, I don't remember who was playing. I wasn't. I've never seen a Broadway play before, but oh I remember God. like my heart was fluttering because I'm like, I'm gonna see a Broadway play. Like it was. And my parents. His eyes are tearing up now just thinking for about a week. It. And I think it was we saw Wicked, Lemiz, and Rent. And I think it was like Rent where I met this guy at. But I met my first uh, commercial agent in New York, and then he, like. It was just trolling the lobby of rent. <laughs> yeah, that is so weird to be watching. Well, it's weird because I, I did like musical theater and stuff, and I don't know how we even got into the conversation, but he's like, yeah, well, you, you have a great look if you ever move out. Uh, if you want to do acting, uh, sure, I'll help you. Like one of those, you know, things. I don't think he did ever Did you have to thought. pay him? No. Oh, okay. He was from a really good agency. But it he was, actually became your agent. Yeah, he actually became my agent yeah, for yeah. a little bit, and I booked a lot of, like I was in every... Uh, non-union commercial <laughs> from like what 2008 until like for like five years like and I booked some union jobs and too. was this in New York? Were you living in New York? No in LA no sorry he's he's an LA commercial agent oh. but he was visiting too and it just became this weird thing where like uh, I think I don't I, uh, so you thought all of a sudden like well if I move to LA I'll have a commercial agent no were you coming down here anyway is that why you moved down? I kind of always wanted to move out, and I think that's kind of how the conversation started. I think he just thought it was some dumb kid, because he runs the, you know, a, a, a prestigious commercial agent. Like, he runs their, um, our agency, he runs their kids division, and I just thought, he thought, like, you know, there's, he's, this kid's never going to move out here. Uh, but I got his email, uh, and he was really helpful. He helped me kind of figure out everything about L.A., and I haven't talked to him in, like, five years, which makes me feel really guilty. Uh, but, yeah, he helped me kind of move out here. Where'd and... you move to when you moved here? Oh, the Oakwood Apartments. Oh, those like are, like, infamous children's Yes, my dad apartments. came down with There's... me for really? a while. There's a documentary about the Oakwood uh-huh. Apartments. There is, yeah. Yes. My, uh, what is it? Why? Why? It's Child, child actors move to the Oakwood Apartments with their parents. Yeah, it's like full because it's right by WB, really close to Disney. Okay. I'm giving away my privilege. My dad definitely helped me out with everything. He moved, he, I mean, he kind of like stayed with me for most of like the transition of like. That's so nice. But I moved there. Yeah, he's super sweet. I moved out here for, this is before I knew I was gay. I was just like, I have to get away and find myself. When did you come out? Um, How old were you? I think I came out when I was 20. So okay. I moved out here when I was 19, and after like a, maybe like a year and a half is then when I came out. I just needed like space to find mm-hmm. myself. And yeah, my dad, you know, he moved me to an Oakwood apartment. We found an- another apartment in Burbank afterwards, but he just moved me there for like a, maybe a month or two months. Right. And uh, just kind of, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and then uh, kind of, I went to massage school, because that's what I do as a day job is massage therapy. I kind of found my way there, and then dude started Ryan's doing. Shaking his head, yes. Yeah, yes, yeah, baby. Yes. <laughs> and then started doing stand up, and started to kind of slowly find success with uh, stand up. That's right, you're a stand up comic. And yeah. I, unfortunately, I haven't seen enough of your work. I know. I don't you... have. I try to put all of it off of YouTube, but I think I have a few videos there. I know that you were in um, the thing that Zach Noe Towers out on hosted. stage, the movie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. We interviewed Zach. He was. Um, he's on a previous. Um, a few months ago. Yeah, Zach's an old friend. Yeah, we yeah. love Zach. He's great. I've worked with Zach for over three years. He's, he's a gay so about great. town. He is. he is. He's certainly a gay about town. Yes, he is. But he, yeah, we did a comedy show for a while, and he got me on uh, out on stage. 
I, I, don't, I have a feeling it will be a, um, on one of the streaming apps soon, but I can't say anything. But sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I have that, and then um, I'm on a, a cooking show on Netflix. Cooking on High. Cooking on High. You have to watch it. Please give yes, me season of two. Yes, of course. That's, um, what's, so what's the premise of Cooking on High? Um, it is like Top Chef, but it's all edible marijuana. And uh, they had us... Um, they had comedians to be the judges. Yeah, they had comedians and to be did the judges. You, did they Do you want know anything about them? cooking and no. or marijuana? I no. cannot <laughs> cook to save the life and out of me. And it was even a little bit of marijuana gets him really I They got us a... They got us I mean, an Uber. can get you fucked up. Oh, no. They got us an Uber there and back. And I remember... The weird thing is, like, I wasn't too high while I love filming. That. I think that's... I think that's so, so great. What? The fact that they got you an Uber there and back. That's smart. They knew... Well, well there's really no way. way. Happen, I guess. Mm-hmm. They're like, you're going to come here and you're going to eat a lot of marijuana. And so we're going to get you a ride home, okay? So do you eat a lot of marijuana for the show? Yeah, well, the thing is, is like, I was like, I'm going to taste test this. I'm not going to eat the whole dish. I'm just going to taste test it and I'll be fine. I won't be that high. And I honestly was fine until we got in the Uber back to our... Um, they got us an Uber XL, which was super fancy. Ooh, that's Hollywood, baby. That's that Netflix budget. Um, Hello, black car. Yeah, right. uh, I like to do that for someone special, too. It was then, <laughs> and I was like, I think I asked like the Uber driver, I was like, why is the limo extending? Oh, <laughs> no. Because he didn't know who was picking up. Like I just, I just remember feeling like I was in a limo. That was just extending further and further away from the driver. I can attest. <laughs> exaggerating. I can attest. Oh, dear. And then oh, I dear. I really don't remember, I think Ryan took care of me the rest of the day. Yeah, well, you filmed first thing in the morning. You got home at, like, noon. No, yeah, we. Sh- this is the weird thing. is like a cooking show. You're doing edibles at 6 in the morning because that's how it works. Yeah. And then the, for the rest of the day, I was like, hello. He was high <laughs> on life. Really but how many episodes have you shot? I don't. It's only one episode. I was supposed to do two. I ended up doing one, but it was just like because l- luckily originally like I was supposed to do, supposed two, to do two and after yeah, the back to back. Yeah, please you got stoned. I was such a mess <laughs> yeah. that they basically uh, they replaced me. Um, oh no! Because I was so. I was so high, and I'm thankful because I was so high, I cannot imagine doing two edibles, like, meals back to back. <laughs> you're a lightweight. Well, not, you're so not to a season you're two. You're not meant for that, necessarily. Yeah, season two, good. that will come in season two if, if we get the, um, I think we're actually doing really well, though, uh, with ratings. I've talked to As far as season one? Yeah. yeah. And so, is season two in production? I no. can't say anything. Like, gotcha. I, I don't know. Um, I don't think so. Who knows? Right. And, and, know. Are you still doing stand-up around town and everything? And um... I'm still doing stand-up. Okay, a little bit less than normal because we've been writing. Um, we have, um, we've been working on, um, this is ridiculous, we want to produce a gay noir. Oh, I love that. A gay noir. I love, 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 love. About, you know, gay West Hollywood life and tackle it from that type of 1920s noir So is there going to be death and more mystery? more 40s. More 1940s. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you should you should see Notorious. Have you seen Notorious? Mm-hmm. Oh my God, so it's a it's just it's like one of the best noirs. It, it's Alfred Hitchcock, um, Cary Grant. Oh, I um, love Cary Grant's Grant. like the detective. Cary, well, he's not a detective in this, but Cary Grant and Ingrid Bergman, 
Um, actually, maybe he yeah, he works for the FBI. Well, okay, um, but so any, anyone in, in general, is the, he detective. is detective. Yeah, I mean, but whatever. they have this they have this crazy romance in South America, and it is wait, it's a noir set and in it's South Hitchcock. It's Hitchcock made it. It's it, it's set in South America. It starts in the in the states, and then they go to find ex Nazis who are okay. like holed up in I'm um, into it. Our Norse have ex Nazis. Oh, I've no. heard of this. Um, yes. It's it's a it's a beautiful film. It's my favorite. It's in my mind. It's the best film. It's ever not on any man list. Right. So you said now. that about Tangerine. Tangerine is the best film ever made. I love Tangerine. Is it Notorious or Tangerine? It's, hey, they're different periods. Honestly, every ten years you're allowed a new one. Honestly, it's it's Notorious, but the Tangerine is maybe my favorite film. I love Tangerine. I love Tangerine. That's such a good movie. So good. So crazy good. I even want. Ryan's I just want to live with those girls. I want them here. I want them everywhere. I just want like so I get them on those chairs. So you guys write together. Yeah. You've. You tell us about, about enemies. Tell we haven't even talked about enemies. Yeah, let's yeah, talk about, about enemies of Dorothy. Dorothy. What, well, we, what is it? We get in contact through Chris's butt selfies. He's he's a genius comedian. That's that's how I did find his Instagram. Was you do butt selfies? He he. They're belfies. They are ironic. He's just that. in his underwear. Looks very feminized. The straight men all the time yell homophobic slurs at him because they click on it thinking Think it's a woman. woman. But he like Love photoshops that. him posing in little underwear with his butt sticking out with like Melania Trump or uh, Martha Stewart or a knitting circle. So I know this guy's a comic genius. Behind that's, myself. That's, that's yeah. how we find each other on Instagram. Yes. He's yes. got a little following there. And openly Jake jumped on that butt selfie. And <laughs> oh my god, you're like winning to Jake. Yeah, we've been saying it. We've been saying fuck since the first minute of the interview. Jake the is interview. different than Ryan, is what I've learned. Did you just kind of Jake up for a second? A little. It's a little. Yeah, I can Jake see up. it. But do you uh, still play that character? No, no. That was uh, I was hired in only to do for the that compensation, and, and that compensation has ceased. It has ceased. It is long dead. Jake Jake could be resurrected for a price. Yes, for a price, a small price. Is there a mysterious? Benefactor out there looking to bring up the day. Anyway, anyway. Uh, but you know, but, we've, yeah. we've been dating for a while and we're just thinking about. I mean, how did it come about? We, so we wanted like to get it was kind of after the political. The relationship started first. Yeah. Yes. And then out of that was born Enemy. Well, he's a great comedian. So uh, the he's political. He's a great stand up comedian. 2016 happened. The yeah. election happened, and I think that kind of forced us where I had to take it back because I just didn't want to do stand-up anymore. And uh, Ryan was like, let's write about kind of the stuff that's happening politically, and let's turn it into humor, which is where a lot of healing comes from comedy. So we kind of just started writing about our frustrations with the political you know, climate that's going on. Not just with the Republican Party, but we do it in a way where we make fun of ourselves. We make fun of the you know the liberal side as well. But we kind of call out a lot of the bullshit that's happening right now with the Republican Party and what's with what's going on. And that's kind of where Enemies of Dorothy came. Yeah, we were sort of met with that opportunity, and you guys know as well. You know, you're sitting there, you're frustrated about these things. You have a voice. You have something to say, and you look around you and me to my partner Christopher. It's just somebody that has talents, has the ability. We, we just get it together. You rally the troops and let's do something. And uh, that's sort of how Enemies of Dorothy was born. I can relate to, like, I just remember when Trump was elected and that, that reality, you know, set in. 
I was like, oh my God, you know, I just want to like, I just want to focus inward. I'm going to focus on myself, my own goals. Mm. But it it wasn't, but it wasn't just that. It was like, okay, I want to focus on maybe my local community and what I can do to make a, a difference in you know, the life that I experience, like, fuck, if, if, if a majority of the country, you know, wants that idiot as our president, like, fuck that. I, I need to take my Well, let's all remember that. a majority yeah. of the country and didn't want him as our president. Well, I know, I know. <laughs> he I didn't know. even win the popular But vote. it was pretty 50-50, so, yeah. like... It, it, he lost by over 2 million, Eric. I think it was 3, actually. Three. But, yeah, that um, is not 50-50. That is an incredible Statistically, it was that pretty close. That is, like, it was, it was like 3 close. million sounds like a lot to us, but right, that is actually like pretty close. In the percentage... 3 million is 7 Wyomings, yeah. No, but in this percentage... <laughs> it was very, very close to 50-50, and he won the, the you know, um, electoral college, so anyway, whatever. Anyway, anyway. Um, but I just remember having that same feeling yeah. of just wanting to, like, what can you do? so for you, it channeled into, like, okay, let's make our content, and let's comment on this, and you do, a lot of your work does do that, like, you know, makes fun of, like, white privilege and, mm-hmm. yeah. um, you know, and, and political correctness. I love that mm-hmm. that sketch with the, the, the murderers. strangers. Yeah, yeah, like, that's so funny. You know, it's just like, and how, you know, every little thing is like, are you, you're threatening, a, a, you know, an Asian woman? <laughs> you know, it's just like, it's very, very funny. Yeah. Um, Do you guys, your, your content is, seems to me to be, specifically catered to gay ideas yeah so enemies of dorothy is a play on friends of dorothy which is a euphemism back in the 40s for gay people sure a lot of people think of it as um what i thought was for judy garland um the friends of dorothy the tin man and the lion but uh, there is well, fan, infamous yeah, fans uh, of Judy fan girls of Judy Garland. But there's yeah. a actually like a really infamous poet that lived right up here in Hollywood, this neighborhood actually, Dorothy Parker, who would have these big elaborate queer parties, and mm. so people would talk about like, oh, if you know Dorothy. So there's there's oh, different so ways. That friends of Dorothy. Yeah, as well. I mean there's there's She's different history. That was actually yeah. where friends of Dorothy came from. A lot of people thought it was Wizard of Oz, but it was actually there was a influential woman named Dorothy who hosted parties. Yeah, she was yeah. more yeah. famous. Miss Dorothy Parker, part of the Algonquin Roundtable in New York. But, oh, really? Uh, but what? But she did also. What's like, the Algonquin Roundtable? Well, okay, is so that the, Canadian? No, the 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 Algonquin Hotel in New York was a place where writers gathered, and they would the, there was like a table that they would gather, and um, I forget the other people in it, but like Dorothy Parker was one of them, and she would just it was they would just trade witticisms, and you know yeah. it was like. Uh, you know, I, my mind is not working. It was properly, like a who's but, who of writers, like Paris, like like that. Yeah, Woody Allen movie. It was, was just like, like a collective of uh, of great minds, intellects, and writers, and they would top each other with yeah bone mows and witticisms. Oh wow! Um, you know, so she was known for that. But all of those people, like you know, well Ernest Hemingway, but I'm also thinking of. Um, the guy that wrote The Great Gatsby. Why can't I think of his name? Um, F. Scott Fitzgerald. Yes, thank you. Yeah. He was one of those people. And all of them... For 300 Alex. All of them, <laughs> all of them went... 
came to Hollywood to write screenplays at various times to make money. Yeah. Um, so that's probably why she was here, and yeah. that's why she threw this party. Yeah, no, I always yeah. assume Friends of Dorothy was through Judy Garland. So I, as really a huge Judy Garland fan, I I love it. I'll stick by it. But we're, we're not quite friends. I think living in this political climate, pushing buttons, and most of the buttons we push are from our own community. A lot of LGBT folk and allies do get riled up by some of our sketches, which I absolutely love. I really do love pushing those boundaries. Yeah, enemies of Dorothy, it totally makes sense. You have one sketch, it's like the LGBT group that comes in for the diversity Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just screened that one at Outfest. That that one was hilarious. And it's literally, there was no rhyme or reason. Like, I'm really inspired by, like, absurdism with Christopher Durang. It's just, dude, like, honestly, whatever feels funny, like, a lot of the stuff is like, what's the dumbest thing? that I could think of. That's hilarious. Let's do it. Absolutely. And so this idea of like these children's singers that are just beyond homophobic that end up at a diversity showcase. <laughs> Who have the letters L, G, B, and T on their t-shirts but don't <laughs> yes. stand for... That doesn't stand for... Those are names. names. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. There's a horrible mistake. And that sort of stuff is, it's just dumb. I think it's so funny. It makes me laugh. So you formed it together. Yes. He pushed me. I was like, I don't know about sketch comedy. And Ryan's like, we're doing it. And do you both write? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, you write together. Ryan's actually writes a ton of our scripts. I feel like Ryan knows kind of how people talk to each other. And I just know how to make punchlines. Yeah, coming from an acting background, it was sort of a, a perfect mixture where I'll take a script I'll be like, okay, this is what needs to happen, but it's not exactly funny. So, like, I'll take it to Chris, and he does punch-ups, and mm-hmm. it automatically just becomes this, all right, we'll shoot that. Yeah. That's amazing. So that's kind of where we we write everything. Yeah. A lot of screaming during our writing sessions. <laughs> a lot of just, like... Do you guys argue a lot? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Full disclosure. It's very hard. What's it like being in a relationship and also being in a sort of business collaboration? That's a really good question, and it's hard. It's definitely hard. But um, we made a decision at the beginning, sort of how we would approach it. And uh, what we do is we set ourselves uh, timers, time limits all the time, of like, we're only talking about the sketch for one sixty minutes. And so we put a timer for 60 minutes. And we can get sidetracked, and we can do whatever, but we get to that end of the 60 minutes, and it's like, okay, that's it. We're just boyfriends right now. We're not partners. We're not whatever. And obviously, inspiration will come up, and we'll like kind of go back to it, and this will happen or whatever. But but we are trying to be really strict on having patience with each other, first of all, but having very separate sides of it. It's like, okay, we're going to wear the hat where we're in a meeting right now, and uh, we really need to focus on putting the hat back on of being boyfriends because it can get it can get tense. For sure. And I think we've also learned, I mean, especially lately, is, like, to make sure we have, to- like, date time. Like, okay, going we're going... Going back to the, the roof at Wilshire. We do, and we do. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's do. exactly right. But, like, we're on a date. No enemies of Dorothy talk. No, like, business talk. No, oh, my God, we got this person that called it. Like, none of that. Like, we just got to just be on a date, and let's just focus on each other. And I think we've just learned, and vice versa, when we have business talk, just, like, don't take anything personally. Yeah. And, like, how to also um, 
sometimes are, uh, especially it's like learning how to be egoless, I think is one of the things that's most important for any business relationship, relationship, romantic relationship. We we do practice that a lot of like, it's so easy to say to someone else, but like, get your ego out of the way. You're, you're not thinking, uh, any relation, especially like a relationship. It's the, it's the commitment to seeing things through another person's point of view. Exactly. Yes. That is the thing. I constantly am like, okay. Oh my God, it is. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, some people are very bad at that. It's hard. It takes takes practice. I like learn. There's times with, I mean, it's even driving here. I was like, okay, don't talk, Chris. Just listen to what Ryan's saying. Just listen to what he's saying. Because I want to fight back or whatever. But I'm just like, just see things through what? Through his point of view. What he's seeing right now. The word you used was commitment to that. Yeah, commitment to that. That's something we started with, too, was that... You're just very committed to the talent that you have that mm-hmm. I do not. And the talent this, that you have that I don't have. That really yeah. lend itself to each other is sort of the reason why we started it in the first place. So mm-hmm. so having that patience with each other as well is a really, really big part of it. And also just trusting sometimes. If he has a really big intuition about something being funny and I don't find it funny and vice versa. Sometimes a lot of times I have to be like, you know what, I'm just going to let him go and explore this because something brilliant will happen at the end of it. But it's also that sort of not doubt isn't the word, but the Uh reservation maybe is more like it. That really helps me hammer it out of like, no, 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 you're not getting it. So let me try and rephrase it. And, uh, and pitches to you because I know it's good. I know it's genius. It's it's so dumb. It's, it's usually good. his ideas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> dumb ones that need a bit of work. <laughs> sometimes when I, I have a boyfriend, Raul, and God, sometimes he will have a viewpoint where I am like, "You are totally wrong. Everything you're thinking right now is not the reality." And then the ability to look at that other person and to, like you said, like get into their head and get into their headspace and understand how they're thinking and be more egoless. Yeah. God, that so rings true to me. Because it's his reality. Yeah. And not all realities ring... His reality doesn't ring true to mine. My reality doesn't ring true to his. We all have different feelings about things and different experiences that shape, you know, how mm-hmm. we view things. So you just have to be patient and just sometimes... It's, it's hard because you have to have to the balance of not just pushing your feelings away, especially because we're both people pleasers. We'll do that sometimes and then become resentful. We're like, we're not pushing our feeling away, but I'm going to see what you're feeling about this, but also like respect my feelings as well. It's a lot of, you it's know, work. balance. It's, it's work. work and balance, yeah. 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 So what are your goals um, for Enemies of Dorothy? Oh, so that noir, is that a feature-length thing? What are, you, what, what, what are you doing with that? Well, we found a lot of success with web stuff. Yeah, and, uh, short-form content. Exactly, and I think there's definitely something there, that, and we're holding on to that for sure. We uh, recently went to Outfest. And, yes, uh, I met you in person at Outfest. Yes. Truth be told, I was a fan of these guys before I had even met them. Yeah. I had a little fangirl moment. I was like, oh my God. Hey, you do have a lot of friends in common, though. Like, a lot of your friends have collaborated of with Of course, them. it was like, an yeah. absolutely peer-to-peer moment. Friend it was a peer-to-peer <laughs> moment. I mean, but we've but seen... I had seen like, them before. I, had, I, I came like, up and I was like, oh, I've, I've seen your sketches online. I really like them. Yeah, like Brendan Haley has been in them, and yeah, um, other the people. Zach Noe Tower has directed uh, one of ours. Zach he directed Noe our Tower's first one. Sketch, yeah. yeah, 
Was yeah, it the Lego one? No, yeah. he directed the one it was like things only gay guys can do and it was so stupid. <laughs> yeah. I just hate BuzzFeed. I love BuzzFeed's, you know, videos, but I hate them so much. And one of my biggest inspirations has been Clickhole. Which have you seen Clickhole before? No. No. It's uh it's like owned by BuzzFeed, but it's all just a parody of BuzzFeed. <laughs> <laughs> like that they have like funny. one sketch that was the most brilliant thing to me that was like things that like tall girls are like sick of hearing and it was just guys going off to be like Oh, uh, you're really tall. My wife was tall before she died. And it was just, like, everything, like, oh, my sister before she died. And it was just, like, ridiculous parodies of those, like... And I was like, I love that. I love that we can make fun of, like, this internet subculture. Yeah. And also call out... We can do it in a way that's so silly and so stupid, but also call out some of, like, the issues that are happening in our political climate. Well, and so and so you've, you've found, like... Obviously, like, Reverie liked what you were doing, gave you a little, like, boost or platform there. I don't know that much about Reverie, but... Um, oh, but you were, you were saying you recently went to Outfest, and then I interrupted you. And right, and so we're just hoping to uh, um, rally those things together, all the contacts that you make there, and, and have... It's a good place that. to make contacts, right? Yeah, definitely. Eric and I met at Outfest. Oh, no way! Yeah. Yes, like, huge, ago. hugely lucrative opportunities, like this podcast. <laughs> like this exactly. <laughs> Dreams come true at <laughs> our The income we're raking. We're right, right next to the UCB. <laughs> well, no. we are near there. Yeah. But oh I, my god, the, the, we always try to keep our location secret, and it's getting less secret and less secret. <laughs> and I, I couldn't help but talk about it several times. But, uh, no, I think there's definitely something on the digital platform, short form, mm -hmm. that is not really tapped into, that it came from even working on the Openly Jake web series and seeing mm -hmm. the success of a niche... Um, market for short form digital LGBT there's something there that's why Reverie is finding its success there is a giant market for LGBT content yeah and you guys seem to be um, assembling like a troupe of um, like-minded performers and writers and directors yes and uh, and, you know, kind of like putting them under an Enemies of Dorothy umbrella. Yes, exactly. Um, but that's great, you know, like, I think that's good that's for kind you. Of, thank you so much. That's kind of the goal of it. I mean, we live that way, even in our group of friends. We kind of have the attitude of, like, everybody's welcome. Like, they leave the drama and the ego at the door. And if anyone has an idea and we all have the capacity to shoot it, we want to do it and, and sort of put our community forward by putting each other forward and that's what's building to a long form like a gay noir or um a, a short films that kind of those kind of projects that you guys are really good friends with uh why am i like dead for filth michael Roddy. Uh, yeah he's directed a lot of our stuff yeah, yeah. He directed the one with the murderer that came into the house. The murderer, yes, the social justice stranger, Babadook, Pennywise dating video, which yep. is our most successful. I just saw that one. Ridiculous. Um, very ridiculous. So ridiculous. He's so really, dumb. He's really great because I feel like a lot of times it's hard because we do everything. We do the editing. We do. I mean. There are times where, like, I'm doing sound, and then it's like, okay, it's your take, and then Ryan will take sound, and then I'm sitting there. Like, we're, we do everything by ourselves. And I think it's been really great to get Michael on board because we needed someone to direct that was outside, so we weren't putting all the pressure on each other, and we just had someone there to kind of, like, oh, it's been such a, rele a release. Help you realize it. Realize yeah. it, and so we and can be actors. And also make decisions a little bit. Yes. I, I yeah. do all of my own shit, too, yeah. sometimes, and 
and it's like directing and then writing and getting the props and doing the editing. It's like <laughs> sometimes it can become a little overwhelming, and you want that extra eye. Or yeah, I do love person. having the brain that would be like, "This is the choice," but then you give it to someone else, and it's like, "Just make one of the choices." Like this is what mm. I would do, but like there's just there's you know it's really nice to have someone else to do that. Mm-hmm. It's like that's and so we can just also go with our actor brain instead of having to produce every single thing. So we, I mean, we have so many friends that are now like, I just want to help with sound. I just want to be there. I just want to help out. And it's great that we've assembled like this team of enemies that uh, we're lucky to help us out. Like Brendan Haley, yeah, yeah he helps I out a lot. Love Brendan, sweetheart, you got a former of guest of the pod. Yeah. yeah, episode four, I think. Ooh, He's coming be, over tonight original. to watch Sailor Moon. <laughs> and work on sketches. Maybe. We'll put a timer and on not, both. Yes, we're doing other things too. <laughs> it's funny, I actually time myself uh, for my own compartmentalization of what I need to do. Like, yeah. if I need to write something, I'll, I'll set a timer for 12 minutes or 15 minutes to be like, I'm just gonna write this yeah no it really helps and it's so helpful it's a great tactic I have to have a timer for anything it's just you don't you're like pooping 30 seconds the pooping 30 (laughs) seconds it didn't happen I have to move on I can't put pressure on myself in that department no thanks (laughs) whatever time that takes thank you I am with Eric on this one (laughs) take it some time so so then tell me about what's going on with your stand up are you like um, do you perform around town a lot do you go on tours I do but we've been uh, well we're working with an agency on a gay comedy tour that I can't talk I feel like a lot of stuff I'm like are you going to talk about it it might happen it might not who knows Hollywood no you know what yeah, just um, for the best. Like, I wish I had never mentioned any one of my projects that I was, um, not on the podcast, but just to anyone in general. Like, it's like, I'm working on this with this person and that person. Like, what happened with that? No, it didn't happen. No, I, I have no idea <laughs> what's going on. this new thing. <laughs> I mean, even with enemies, we have a lot of things in the work, a lot of offers that we're just like, we, we don't know what's going to happen. We have no idea what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah we, um, we do know what it's been like and... We'll continue doing that. Yeah, for right now, we're just continuing to tell the stories that we want to tell. Which was the point anyway. Yeah. But obviously, you have... With stand-up, yeah, just writing stand-up. I think Ryan and I are thinking about developing a new... Like, we're going to try to find a way to merge uh, my stand-up with our you know, sketch, like doing some live, mm. some of our sketches live and figure out a way to put up some of our favorite comedians as well. So I think we're going to start trying to figure out a way to do like a live show in LA. Um, put up your own live variety show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Nice. That way we can kind of merge both a little bit in live form. Um, but till then, I mean, as far as like with stand, I mean, there's a lot of things that are just kind of like, I'm like, I don't know, hopefully some, one of the things pans out. One of the things will pan out eventually, right? Are we one of the gonna, things. Are we all going to be okay? You <laughs> pan long enough. Gonna, I mean, you have yeah. to put it out there that, yeah. Yeah. I hope one of them pan out. I hope I make money. But live theater is honestly like, it's what I was born into. Like I've done yeah. for 17 years now. Yeah. Good God. But uh, you don't even look seventeen years old. <laughs> yes, it's the blood of you both. Look you super both young. look. Are you fucking young? Is one yeah. of you older than the other? Like you seem. He's like... thirty one. I'm turning thirty in like a, a month or so. Okay. Oh, wow. okay. One of the. In, in you both. Look are you a Libra? Young. You look yeah. probably. My boyfriend's a Libra. You probably look exactly the same as when that commercial agent met you at nineteen. Yes. <laughs> I didn't. I looked like I was twelve. That's Man. why. Yeah. Oh God. I, that's why you. Well, that's, that's why I booked every non-union gig in this that's town. That's why I was 
thinking that there was a little bit of a creepy vibe as he picked you up in that theater long, yeah. <laughs> long ago. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it panned out. It you, did pan out. Yeah. I haven't talked to him in years. But, but if uh, you're listening, I'm doing fine. <laughs> I'm sure he's great. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Well, well, guys, thank, thank you, you so much for being here. Thank, thank you. Thank you for feeding us whiskey. Of course. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we had a little bit of this. What is it? Fire whiskey. It was really good. Campfire. It's like I got a smoky mezcal. This podcast was brought to you by fi- no. Campfire Whiskey. We not doing, sponsors. We, not do, sponsors. we were doing fake sponsors for a minute. Well, no, we're, we're, we're putting it out there like, you know, with this, it should be sponsored by this or whatever. But but maybe we'll have real sponsors soon. Who knows? I don't know. I've, I've yeah, operated at you legit businesses before. We can figure this out. Yeah. I believe in it. <laughs> um, if, if people want to find you... Uh, we don't want them to find us. No, no. God, shut up. That's the opposite. Uh, Enemies of Dorothy on Facebook and Instagram and the, Twitter. The Twitters. And- um, and YouTube, YouTube's. please subscribe and like our Facebook page. His but, Ryan is uh, his Twitter and Instagram is Ryan Leslie Fish. Yeah, Ryan Leslie Fisher. My last name's Fisher, Chris. Last I did. I thought Fish. it ended with Fish. F I S H. No, my full last name is Fisher. You don't know this. It's I do know years. this. I thought it just ended with Fish. I He's drunk. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Do you know my Brian Instagram Brian handle? Christopher and, Leslie Bryant. Yes. My Instagram is at tenderchris, which I've not changed, and it just remains my thing. That's who openly Jake fell in love with. T-E-N-D-R. I don't know how to spell No. Everyone thinks it's like Tinder, like the app. It's like, no, I meant Tinder. I don't know. Tender. Tender. You're a tender Chris. Tender Chris on Instagram. Well, we'll put it in our description. We'll put it on our description. <laughs> so, and, of us. course, if you've gotten this far, you probably already know how to follow us. But, you know, like, subscribe, share with your friends, give us five stars, and write a comment. I mean, you found bother. this episode at this point. You know, it's like... You, you're, you're stuck. You're you're know, you know. You know. You get it. But Please share it with your friends. And listen again. Listen to the next one. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.